0: Well, good morning, everybody. So that was a little video from our mission trip to Laplace. And uh, just a, a great time over there, helping the people who were impacted by Hurricane Ida. And we're still working uh, with them. And we're hopefully, hopefully we'll be having another trip over there in the near future. So be on the lookout for that. Um, if that looked like something you want to be a part of, we'd love to have you be part of that. Part of, part of my question is, you saw them carrying fences and stuff like that. And, and the biggest, strongest guy there, Tyler, couldn't carry the fence. He had to have two girls, little kids help him. I mean, Tyler, come on, dude. What's up with that? Man up. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, he's way up there, and I'm down here so I can say that because we get a little distance here. Well, hey, everybody. Happy Halloween, huh? Isn't that weird? is it weird to say that in church? I mean, it just feels weird. I don't know about you. It feels weird to say happy Halloween in church. I know. It's, I, I was thinking about this. I, um, I don't remember another Sunday that was Halloween. I know it happens, right? I mean, it happens every seven years, except when the leap year thing kind of messes everything up, but, but I just don't remember it. It's, 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 it's kind of weird. Our band was all excited about it. They were, they were like Googling songs to play as intro to worship this morning, and the number one Halloween song that, that popped up on Google was The Highway to Hell. Yeah, that wasn't appropriate. Nah, you know, it just, just, just wasn't going to work, right? Well, anyway, it's, it, we're glad you're here today, you know, and today, being Halloween, is the day that you could actually wear your mask to church and be okay, right? And I'm not talking about this mask, right? The COVID mask, the mask that we wear for protection and, and for our health and, and all that. That's, that's not the mask I'm talking about. Rather, I'm talking about the other mask we wear for similar reasons, by the way, for protection, Because we hide oftentimes behind our mask, don't we? I mean, if we're honest, we do. We hide our true feelings. We hide our true questions. We hide the real concerns that we have, the things that really bother us deep down. We just kind of put the mask on and and cover those things up. We cover up our feelings of shame and of embarrassment that we don't want nobody else to know about, right? I'm not sure what that crack was Emily made about 30-year-olds, but I will tell you from somebody who's not in their 30s anymore. I'm kind of glad I'm not. Do you know why? Because social media did not exist when I was a teenager, and the stupid stuff I did is not out there on the internet. Hallelujah. Anybody else with me there, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean we don't want people to know that stuff about us. We'd rather put on the mask and, we'll hide a little bit. We'd rather pretend that we've got it all together, that we've got the perfect family, that we we dress well, and we, we speak well, and that everything is well, <laughs> that I got this, right? So why do we wear the mask? Why do we hide behind that image oftentimes that we portray? I think it's because we all want to fit in, right? We just want to belong. We want people to... To like us. You see, all of us have, all of us have a deep desire to know and to be known, right? We just want somebody to know who I really am and, and, and to accept me for who that I really am. And I want to know other people for who they really are. But we're afraid. We are so afraid that if they really knew me, because see, here's the deal. The only person that really knows you on this earth is you, and sometimes you look at yourself in the mirror and go, why did I do that? Why did I think that? Why did I, why did I say that? And at times you wrestle with the reality of, of yourself. And if I wrestle with that, how in the world would anybody else ever accept me, ever want me, ever love me, ever, ever want me to be in relationship with them? And so we wear the mask and we cover up so that hopefully... Somebody will accept us so we can fit in. Now, you may say, ah, that's not me. That's other people, though. I know other people wear masks. Well, well let me ask you this. Can you fill in this sentence? Fill in the sentence. If they only knew, right? If they only knew, especially here, if they only knew that I had real questions about God, I mean, you're sitting in this room and you're sitting there going, yeah, this is a place of belonging, of community, and that's what we want church to be, that's what church should be, and so many times we come to church and we wear our mask, because why? Because we got real questions about God. I mean, is He really real? And if He is why, is, why is our world so messed up? And why do children hurt? And why do natural disasters happen the way they do and when they do? And where is God at times? See, I have questions too, but but, but we put the mask on because, because if they only knew that I had those real questions, then, then I don't know that they would accept me or like me. Or if they only knew that I struggled with alcohol or drugs, or pornography or eating or self-worth, I mean if they only knew, if they if they only knew the real me, would would they like me? Would they want me? Would they want to be my friend? If they only knew how much I hate it the way I looked, or I hate it the way I I, I, I I think, or I hate the way my voice sounds, or I hate my size, or I hate my intelligence or lack thereof, right? I mean if they only knew, would would they want to be my friend? If they knew my uncle died in jail, if they knew I did time in jail, (laughs) if they only knew that I should have done time in jail, if they knew that I was abused as a child or as a teenager, and that I have trouble trusting people because of that, If they only knew how deep in debt I really am so I can put on this facade because I am drowning in it. Or maybe if they only knew how empty I am inside and I have everything I've ever wanted. See, if they only knew. And if you're sitting there today saying, yeah, I've got an if they only knew in my mind, then more than likely, you got a mask. See, and our world teaches us to wear wear these masks. I mean, the motto of our world is what? Never let them see you what? Never let them see you sweat. Because why? Because image is everything, right? I used to say when I was racing a lot, it doesn't matter how fast you run, just how good you look doing it, right? Because image is, is everything. So we put on a mask to cover up what's really going on inside because you may just not like the real me. But then what happens is if we begin to get into relationships, if we begin to form friendships, as we begin to enter into community and people begin to accept us and love us and we come to church or we get into a club or at schools and, and we find these people that really get to know us, at least they get to know our mask. We're beginning to have these good relationships and friendships, but the problem is in the back of our head, we still know if they only knew. And we still hold that secret back in the back somewhere. And they're becoming, you're beginning to build relationships, but they're beginning to build relationships with not you, but with the foe you, with the mask that you wear. It's interesting. I did a little research on this in um, an article on Psychology Central. In fact, it's in your connection points, and you can actually read the article. Um, Connection points are are kind of follow-up questions after the message that you can go a little deeper into this topic in, and it's in your online bulletin that all you people younger than 30 got too quickly, and all you people older than 30 struggled with. Sorry, Emily, I'm having fun with you today. Um, uh, yeah, it's right there for you, but the article is listed in there, and you can, you can go to, it's all linked up, and you can read it. But it, it, it gives you 10 typical masks that people wear, and I thought it'd be fun just to talk about a few of them today. One of the masks people wear um, is the cool guy image. It's the cool guy image, and, and that's kind of the Captain America mask. That's the guy that's got it all together. Everything's all together. He's got it all together. He's cool, and he's in control of everything until that moment where he explodes inside because he can't keep it all together. It's that cool guy image that says nothing ever gets to me and, and I'm too cool for school kind of feel. It's interesting, this last week in, in our, our man church, now man church is just uh, some Bible study groups that are just men, and we meet on Tuesday morning and on Wednesdays, and there's actually an early morning Zoom meeting. So guys, if you're not part of that, I want to invite you to be part of that. Um, you can Ask me or uh, Harold Calloway about it or some other guys that are in there. We'd love to have you there. But part of our um, lesson this past week was a challenge for us to pray with our wives or our significant others. You know how threatening that is for a man? You know why that's threatening? Because we feel like, for the most part, that our Our wives or our significant others are more spiritual than us, and we don't want to look silly praying in front of them. (laughs) I'm a grown man, and I don't want to look silly by praying in front of my wife. That's real, guys. That's real. You know what that is? That's the cool guy mask. I got to stay cool. I can't show him weakness. And, And what if I pray something weird in front of my wife and she snickers? You know? And so, what do we do? We put on a mask, and we go, "Yeah, I just, I just, I, I don't want to do that spiritual thing. I just, that's between me and God, right?" And we hide because it's interesting. It's interesting because in a marriage, in a marriage, you're supposed to grow together, physically, emotionally, and what? Spiritually. Wow. But see, it's 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 a mask we wear because because we're afraid that that. that, Well, maybe somebody will see the real me that prayer is hard for me, that I still struggle with the relationship with God. So we wear a mask. Now, cool, guys, not the only mask we wear. There's other masks that people wear. Um, I, I like the mask that some people wear as a humorist, right? When I think of humor, I think of this guy, Robin Williams, and the humorist. Listen to what Robin Williams says, and some of you know his tragic ending. He took his own life. This, I think, Robin Williams, I think the saddest people always try their hardest to make people happy because they know What it's like to feel absolutely worthless, and they don't want anyone else to feel like that. And so they use humor to cover their sadness. It's a mask, it's a mask they wear to cover the hurting inside of them. Here's another mask people wear. It's the overachiever, the overachiever. Some of you remember Jessie by saved on the bell. She always had to get A's because because who does not, how can you not love somebody who gets it right all the time? How can you not help but love a winner? And so you achieve and 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 you achieve until someday you just get tired of achieving. Or maybe someday you don't achieve quite to your standards and then you wonder Do they really love me? Do they really care about me? Do they really want to know me because, well, I didn't win? Because I possibly could be wrong. The overachiever mask. (laughs) That's a mask I'm well familiar with. Here's another mask. Here's another one people wear. Uh, The bully. Some of you remember Buzz McAllister from uh, Home Alone, right? You remember Buzz? He was the cousin that was there, that was the bully. You know it's interesting bullies hang around a lot longer than just in the fifth grade don't they Bullies are everywhere in our lives and they try to bull their way in and demand a relationship on their terms with you And they have to control it because they're afro- so afraid that if they don't control it that they won't have it And so they put on the mask of a bully And they got to make everybody come along and everybody do it their way. And so they use their physical power, their relational power, their economic power, positional power, all because they're afraid somebody could see deep inside of them that they're really insecure and hurting. And the reality is they really just don't know the answers. Here's another one. One final one. Um... (laughs) Good old Eeyore, the self-basher, the self-basher, Eeyore. Um, Eeyore's kind of that sad character, right? Um, The the self-basher is the one who bashes himself before anybody else can. I had had a friend in uh, Springfield, he told me when he was in high school that he always made fun of himself before anybody else could because they would. Isn't that sad? So he would call himself names, in front of everybody else, and everybody else would laugh at him, and he bashed himself because he just beat everybody else to the punch. And it was a mask that he wore to hide his deep hurt inside of him. You know, it's interesting, and 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 this is just a word that's used today. It's it's a gender word, but it's not gender specific. It's it's both men and women. But I think another another side of this. Um, self-basher is what's called mean girl. You ever heard of the mean girl? And, and the mean girl is the one who uses her influence and power in a negative way to put everybody else down. And you don't want to be on, on the bad side of the mean girl, or mean guy, by the way. It goes both ways. Um, because they'll make your life miserable. Do you know why people do that? Because they feel pretty miserable inside and so they put on this mask because they don't want you to see their hurt and their pain and 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 they're gonna put on this mask of being the mean person so that you're afraid of being against them so you'll come and be with them and they'll have a relationship with you it's a mask people wear we all wear them and we wear these masks to protect our hearts because our hearts are vulnerable. Why? Because we want relationships. We want to be liked. We want to be loved. And we're so afraid if somebody saw the real me that, that we, we wouldn't have that, that they wouldn't love us, they wouldn't like us, they wouldn't accept us. And part of the reason we feel that way is because oftentimes we feel that way about ourselves. I mean, if we would, if we would take a survey and we'd say, I don't like this about me. Fill in the blank. I need a few pages. Give me time, right? And the problem is, if I don't like that about me, how in the world is anybody else going to like me? Much less love me. So into this world, into this world comes Jesus one day, because this is nothing new. People have been wearing masks since the beginning of time. Into this world comes Jesus, and Jesus says this. He says this in John 10, 10. He says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, or some translations, have it abundantly. And we talk about that around here. We says, well, what does that mean? It means a life that is full of a deep relationship with God, deep relationship with others, and a purpose bigger than yourself. And the question is, Jesus, how do you help us have these deep relationships with God, with you, and with others? How do we accomplish that? How can you help us take this mask off? So that we can live in the power of that full relationship that God wants us to have. Well, I think that Jesus teaches us in what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. It's a, it's a portion of scripture found in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7. And you, if you have a Bible, you might want to turn to Matthew 5. Or if you have something with your Bible on it, you can turn there. We'll have the scripture up on the screen as well. Um, but I think in this section of Scripture called the Beatitudes, Jesus is giving us a process of how we can take our mask off. And I want to emphasize with you, to you, it is a process. Some people say, well, just rip it off like a Band-Aid. And that doesn't work. But when we take the process of becoming clean and, and becoming who God has made us to be and becoming the real you, that process of unmasking could become a beautiful process of life-giving relationships with God and even with others. And I think, I really think the Beatitudes there begin to tell us what that process is. I think it's, a, it's kind of a step-by-step process. Now, you know that the Beatitudes, some of you know this, it's that section in Matthew 5 that begins with the word Blessed. Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. And, and that word blessed just, I mean, you think of that in a lot of ways. Part of it means happy, part of it means connected with God, part of it means kind of in the flow of what God is doing. You are blessed when these things begin to happen. And so let's begin by looking at this process of what Jesus is giving us in the Beatitudes and see how it might apply to taking off this mask and to see maybe the steps that you could take, that I need to take, to continue to take off the mask. First thing Jesus says, here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says, You are blessed. You will be happy. You will begin to find life when you realize how poor in spirit you really are. In other words, when you begin to recognize the need that you have in your life, for a relationship with God and a relationship with others and how that it's not there. So oftentimes we get moving so fast in life and things just happen and they're flying at us and we're so busy that we never stop and recognize the reality of the emptiness in our own soul. And Jesus says, when you slow down enough to really recognize how empty you are, and how, long, how much you long for a real relationship. How much you long for somebody to love you, to like you, to be in relationship with you just because you're you. Jesus said, when you get there, that is an incredible, blessed moment. Why? Because you are beginning on the path. The path of healing. The path of being part of his kingdom. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. It is coming. But stay on the path because it's not just enough to recognize your need to recognize your lack But jesus says you got to take that next step and jesus said blessed. Are you now when you begin to do what? When you begin to mourn When you begin to grieve over the fact that you have this emptiness inside of you I mean some people are just like yep, that's just the way I am I don't care what you think about me or what anybody else thinks about me i yeah, you know and you People like that, you're just like attracted to them. You're just like, oh, wow, let's get together and have lunch, right? (laughs) Yeah, not, right? Jesus says, blessed are you when you realize your need and you grieve it. Because when we grieve, we never grieve alone. And the Bible says that we have a comforter who is the Holy Spirit, who begins to come alongside of us and begins to walk alongside of us. And not only is he a comforter, but he is a counselor and he begins to guide us into the path towards healing and reconciliation with God. And so Jesus said, blessed are you when you begin to mourn, when you begin to see what's empty in your life and then you begin to grieve over it and you call out to God and God begins to do what? He begins to comfort you through the power of his Holy Spirit. But don't stop there. Jesus doesn't. Jesus said, blessed are you now. You're mourning, the Holy Spirit is comforting, but blessed are you now when you are meek. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. That word meek is a tough word, and, and it's, it's really hard to define. But meekness does not mean that you're weak. Meekness means that you recognize your need You recognize where you are lacking, where something is missing, and you acknowledge that you need help. That's what meekness is. Meekness is a reality that that I do have gifts and skills to offer a community, but I don't have everything that I need. I need the community, and I need God in my life. So Jesus is saying, listen, when you realize how, how poor in spirit you are, that you need these relationships. You were created for a relationship, a relationship with God, a relationship with others, real relationship, real connectedness. And you begin to grieve the fact that, that I don't have that. Maybe I've been wearing this mask and maybe I've been hiding behind it. And then the Holy Spirit becomes and does some healing in you and you realize, God, I need help here. And when you get to that point, Look at what Jesus says. He says, For they, the meek, those who recognize their needs, they've turned to God for their needs, for they will what? They will inherit the earth. Now, question Who's going to inherit your stuff? Now, there's a couple right answers. Pastor Jim would not be bad. Anyway, I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Who's going to inherit your stuff? Not a trick question. Your family. (laughs) Do you see what Jesus is saying here? Jesus is saying when we recognize our our meekness, when we humble ourselves, we come to God and we say, God, I need you because I can't fill this need in and of myself. I'm poor in spirit. There's something missing. God, I grieve this. And God, I need your help to fill it because I can't do this alone. I need you. Jesus said, wow, you're part of the family. When we cry out to God, he begins to adopt us, the scripture says, back into his family. He says, we will inherit the earth. Why? Because we're beginning to be entered back into the family of God. But Jesus said, don't just stop there. Keep going. And the scripture says, Blessed are those, then, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That word righteousness means a right relationship with God, and we can, we can expand that into others. Jesus says, you get to this point now where you're beginning to get this sense of who God is, that he is your heavenly father, that you're part of that family. Don't just stop with a little taste. Continue to hunger and thirst for more of that right relationship with God because here's the promise that God has. As you are wrestling with that, as you are searching for that, Jesus says, you will be filled. And that's so hard for us because we think about, well, well, what will I be filled with? I mean, the scripture says, you know, because because all of a sudden we realize that that God is beginning to give us these things and we look at our own life, and we think, but I'm not worthy of that. And all of a sudden the enemy begins to put those those thoughts back in your head, right? I wonder if he really knows. I wonder if God really knows the questions that I have about him. I wonder if God really knows what I've done. I wonder if God really knows what I've thought. And the reality is we hunger and thirst for righteousness. God gives us those things and those questions come in our head and we realize something in that moment. That God has accepted us for who that we are, where we are. He's not going to leave us there, but He's going to grow us fully into the image of who He created us to be. You know what that's called? That's called mercy. Mercy is when you receive something that you don't deserve. Grace, we love grace. Grace is when we don't receive what we do deserve. Mercy is when we receive something that we don't deserve. And Jesus says, he goes on, he says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. You see, once you receive mercy, what happens is just natural to begin to give it away again. And we get on this mercy train, right? And you want to talk about building relationships with others? We begin to have mercy with others around us. Why? Because... Because we realize we're all the same. All of us wear masks. All of us are fighting to take the mask off. And we begin to share mercy with others all around us. And as we give mercy and as we receive mercy, our heart begins to change. And Jesus says, keep the mercy train going because here's what will happen next. Blessed are the pure in heart. The pure in heart. What kind of heart is pure? It's a heart that's filled with love. And as you receive mercy and as you give mercy, what happens? Your heart just grows more and more into the image of God's heart. And God's love begins to shine through you and in you. And it's interesting. Jesus says, when that happens, you'll begin to see God everywhere. Because He is everywhere. Isn't it interesting, you you read the story of Jesus in the Gospels, and over and over again Jesus says, blessed are you when you have eyes that see, because so often we don't have eyes that see, we don't have ears that hear, but Jesus says that when we begin to get that mask off, we see that our spirit, that we're poor in spirit, that we long for this deep relationship. We grieve over that fact, and we, we recognize that we can't fill it on our own, that only God can fill it, and he begins to do that in us, and we begin to hunger and thirst for more of God and more of God, and as we get it, we, we, we recognize that it's God's mercy that's given us, and our hearts are beginning to change and, and to become more and more like God's heart. We begin to see God all around us and then we get to join him in his work and it is unleashing the power of God in our life because now God's power is flowing in us and through us and we begin to participate in the work of God and Jesus said, blessed are you now because you are a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. That word peace is is not just an absence of conflict. In fact, it really doesn't even talk about that a lot what what that peace really means is it means wholeness or completeness blessed are you because you'll be a peacemaker you'll help bring other people into full relationships with God and with others blessed are you because now you are giving back what you've just received from God and when you do that look what he says he makes no bones about it now He says, when you do that, you will be called the children of who? Of God. And isn't that what you wanted all along? Was to have that place where you belong, where you are known and where you are loved for who that you are. Now, Jesus isn't done. He he gives this with a warning. He says, listen, the world's not going to like this. Because when you begin to experience this realness, when you begin to experience deep, real relationship with God and with others, it begins to change you. It begins to unleash the power of God in you. You begin to take the mask off and live free. And the world looks at you and they say, no way. Why? Because they're so afraid to take their mask off. And so Jesus warns us. He says, "He says, blessed are you in verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because of their right relationship with God, because they have taken off their mask, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He goes on. He says, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and say false things and all kinds of evil against you because of me. Jesus says, when that happens, here's what he says. He says, I want you to rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. He goes, this is what it's all about, guys. And as you share life with others, the world's going to push back. Why? Because taking off the mask is hard. And it's scary. And I bet right now, if you're honest with yourself, there are many of you in this room That you would say, yeah, Jim, but if you only knew. If you only knew. And this morning, here's what I want you to do. Just stand up and tell the person next to you. (laughs) Now, that's ripping the mask off. That's not what God says. But God does say, come to me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God does say, you can tell me. By the way, he already knows. Um, You know, I just wonder, I just wonder, what would a community of faith look like that was truly unmasked? See, that's our goal. That's what we work for every week is to be that kind of place where people can come in and just be who you are before the Lord and before us. And know and know that you are valuable and you are accepted, that God loves you and God's got great plans for you and we want to grow with you. We want to see God do great things in your life and we hope you want the same thing for us. And together, <laughs> we find that life is just better. But today it begins by facing that if they only knew. So for just a moment, as Sean's playing for us, I want to give you an opportunity just to spend a moment with God, saying, God, maybe your prayer will go something like this. God, you already know this, but I just want to tell you again, you know I struggle with this. You know I have these feelings. God, you know I have these questions. God, you know I have this hurt. I want to invite you to just sit with that for just a moment. And then I want you, if you're brave enough, to say, God, will you send somebody my way that I can share this with? Maybe even today. Maybe that person's sitting next to you. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Maybe they're in the room. Maybe they're not. But what a step towards healing that you could begin to take as we peel the mask off one step at a time. So let's just spend some time with God for just a moment. so Heavenly Father we come to you this morning and God it's so easy to just say thank you for accepting me for who that I am but God honest confession's hard. hard Lord all across this room as we share very privately with you those things that are deep in our soul that, and we just wonder what you think of us what others might think of us, if they only knew. God, as we share those things with you, may we sense the power of your Holy Spirit and your welcome and your love in the midst of our if you only knews. And God, we, we long to be, we strive to be, The community that you want us to be. An unmasked community. Of loving you, loving others, and all of us growing into the image of Christ. But God, we realize that happens one step at a time, one person at a time. And so God, would you point us in the direction that you would have us to go, maybe even to have a conversation today, a very safe conversation And just the beginning to pull the mask off. And we just want to say, God, thank you for loving the real me even when I have trouble loving the real me. You're a good God. For that is really who you are. So we pray all this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave his life so that we could live unmasked. And it's in his name we pray. And everybody said, amen.